0: Hey, it's Claire Edwards, and you're listening to your Best Foot Forward podcast. Hey, welcome back to the podcast. If this is your first time listening, I hope you can get used to hearing the sound of my voice, as I'm not so sure I still have yet since starting podcasting, but I hope you can get used to it and come back again and again for more episodes where my guests and I share tangible tools and unique perspectives that you can apply to your own life and feel proud that you're on the journey to becoming the best version of yourself. And if you're not new here and anxiously await for Mondays where new episodes come out, thank you so much for following me and listening each week. You guys rock. So today's episode, guys, I am so, so excited to share with you. My guest is someone that we realized during our conversation that we've actually known each other for over 20 years. My guest today is Jenny Ernst, who is the definition of a jack of all trades, as she is an advocate for diabetes, a self-defense instructor a certified nutrition coach, a dental hygienist, a mom, a wife, a superwoman, super positive person, guys, she is just awesome, and you will definitely be able to tell that in our conversation. This is probably one of my most informational episodes I have had, so you may want to get paper out or listen to this twice, as Jenny has so much knowledge to share as we chat about nutrition guidelines that she has been living by in a time where there are a lot of contradicting facts going around about what we should be doing. We also talk about how her family was affected by her son's diagnosis of type 1 diabetes. We also get into her experience as a self-defense instructor and the importance of making sure that we all learn that, and just so much more. I loved getting to talk to Jenny about all these different passions she has in her life and just how intentional she is with her time and doing what she loves while also taking care of her family. She is just so awesome, and I hope you guys enjoyed this episode as much as I did. I'll see you at the end. I was thinking about it the other day, and when I usually, like, introduce a guest, I'll be like, oh, yeah, I know them from this, or, like, I've known them from this for this long, and I'm like, honestly, I couldn't tell you how long I've known Jenny because, like, I feel like you've literally known me since I was a little kid. And yeah.
1: So- you were two. You were two. Oh, it was I met of- you when you were two. Yeah. Because I started working for your dad and you were two years old. And then like shortly after that, um, like I babysat for you a couple of times. And I mean, you were, uh, yeah, you, I know you were two because you were still napping. Cause I remember like putting you down for a nap. So that's, that's how long we've known each other. Isn't that crazy? Oh my
0: gosh. Wait, that's, um, I didn't realize it was that far back.
1: Yeah, we've known each other that long. And
0: how, how old are you,
1: Claire? Twenty. I'm 23. I'll
0: be 23, 23. in
1: September. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So over 20 years, we've known each other. That's, that's crazy.
0: Wow. I didn't I know. Realize, I did not realize it was that long.
1: I know. Isn't oh that gosh. crazy? Yeah. Oh my gosh.
0: Well, that that's super crazy. So yeah, we've watched kind of each other like go into our different things as. No. It's
1: insane. Time goes by so fast. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Wait. So, what are you up to right now? Because I've known you've done so many things. So, yeah. what is, what's been the focus right now?
1: Yeah. So, so yeah, I, I have done so many things, and so the the, the items that I have in the fire right now. Um, you know, so Nick was diagnosed with type one diabetes when he was 13. Um, so I've been a big, um, advocate of fundraising for, um, JDRF juvenile diabetes research foundation. It's the leading, um, charitable funder for type one diabetes research. So right now we're working on our, um, annual walk. It's a, it's their biggest fundraiser. So that's happening, um, Saturday or excuse me, Sunday, September the 29th. So we've done that every year since Nick was diagnosed and it's just a really fun event. It's a two mile walk around, um, Ohio state campus. And so people come in to support their, you know, friends, family, loved ones that have been diagnosed with type one diabetes. We form a big team. It's called team Nick. And, um, and we walk for Nick. So, so that that's, uh, That's one of the things I'm doing right now. Um, I'm still teaching self-defense, so I'm still teaching Krav Maga. Um, so I have a seminar actually this coming Sunday. So even though I don't own the business anymore, I'm still teaching self-defense, but I'm just more of a traveling road show now. So I'm traveling around, um, if a group needs me, it's primarily women now, but we do, we do corporate seminars too, where men are involved because, you know, I've always taught to men and to women, but it just seems recently we've done a lot of women's self-defense seminars. I know we'll talk a little bit more about that. Um, so, so yeah, I'm still doing that. Um, and then last year I decided to kind of pursue my passion of, um, nutrition and I got a level one nutrition certification, um, coaching certificate. So that was a self-study course that normally takes about four to six months to complete, but I was really anxious to get through it. So I really put my nose to the grind and I finished it in about 10 weeks so right now, I'm actually, just for fun, going back through that. It's a very large textbook, so I'm going back through that textbook and rereading everything a little, for a little bit more fun this time and just picking out a lot of stuff that I missed the first time around. So I'm kind of doing that more on um, uh, when I have free time. Um, and then um, I have the Facebook and Instagram page called Jen's Nutrition Tips, um, and that is just kind of my commitment to sharing, you know, fun little nutritional tips that I've learned along the way with my friends and family and, you know, whoever wants to pay attention to that. So that's fun. And then um, lastly, you know, I'm a dental hygienist, so um, I am active with Kid Smiles. Um, we are a nonprofit uh, dental clinic that treats underprivileged children, so I do the community outreach for them, and then we are um also working on our big annual fundraiser so I'm working on two fundraisers for two different causes right now so um I'm doing a lot with the uh with the fundraiser that's coming up in October for kids smile so yeah so that that's kind of what I'm focusing on right now oh my goodness <laughs> <laughs> yeah, lots of different things but it it's all fun it's all good, so oh my God. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It sounds like you're pursuing like all of your different passions in different yes. ways. Yes. Yeah, that's wow. I can't even imagine what your calendar looks like. Right
1: now. Yeah. And um, you know, I, it, it is, it's, I mean, some days are busier than others, but and, and that's the thing is that they are all my passions and I feel so blessed that I get to do that, you know? So, yeah. um, you know, I love, I love nutrition. I, I love, I love dental hygiene. I love, um, you know, volunteering for great causes. So they're all it's all things that I love. I Every day I wake up and, um, you know, I never dread going to have to do whatever I, I have on my calendar that day. So it's good.
0: Oh, that's so good to hear. And I'm sure, like, so many people aspire for their uh, calendars to look like that and want <laughs> to work to yeah. make their calendars look like that.
1: Yeah, I'm blessed. I have to say that I'm blessed that I, I have the flexibility to be able to do that. So,
0: Okay, so, so many things to dive into right there. But I saw something that you had posted on Facebook the other day, and it was um, the post that you made about, um, I think it said, fat free or low fat means mm-hmm. a chemical shit storm.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. That, got a, that, that actually got a lot of likes. I was surprised by that. Um, but yeah, so posted that before. Um, but that pretty much just sums it up. You know, I think, um, I think there's, although our, I feel like as a society, our nutrition IQ is getting higher. Um, but there are still, you know, there's still those, those people that believe that if I'm eating something, you know, that says fat free or low fat, that, um, it's good for me because we used to think like fat was the enemy. And so, you know, we used to stay away from fat, but, um, you know, healthy fat is, is good. It can be very good for our bodies. So unfortunately what happens is, um, when a company uh, takes the fat out of a product, like let's let's just use Diet Coke as an example. So it's Diet, meaning it doesn't have any calories in it, but they have to add in um, things to make it taste good, or we wouldn't drink it. So um, in order to get that 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 taste. Um, they, they're adding in chemicals to to provide that taste. And those chemicals, our bodies just don't know how to metabolize those, those chemicals, so they, they're not good for us.
0: Okay. Huh. That's super interesting because, like, oh, we totally, like, gravitate towards the things that say fat-free and low-fat. Right. Oh, yeah. right. It's, it's We're being nicer to our bodies,
1: but... Right, right. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I tell people the best thing to do is just look at the package. So if you are thinking about buying something that's fat free or low fat look at the ingredients on the package and you know are there whole ingredients or are there a bunch of ingredients that you can't pronounce and i i always think that's a good rule of thumb if there are more than like one or two ingredients that you can't pronounce then i would say just put it down because um it's yeah it's, it's likely not good for us
0: huh that's a really good tip because that's such an easy thing for us to be doing that doesn't really require like Extra research right. or anything, just picking up the package right. and being like, "What's actually in this?" Yeah,
1: exactly. Something. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: Um, so, kind of going along with that, I feel like mm-hmm. there's so many health trends being thrown around. Of like, yeah, one day we're like, "Oh yeah, this is great for us," and the other day it's like, "Oh no, no, it's not."
1: Yes. Yeah, just an infinite infinite amount of information, and it can be very confusing. And there's so many mixed nutritional messages out there. Um, and you know, I get the question a lot, what, what nutritional camp do I belong to? Um, and you know, I, my answer to that is I don't have one single, um, nutritional philosophy. Um, instead I like to think about some common sense things. Um, you know, people, people will say, let me back up a second. People will ask me, um, you know, how about, cause keto is really big right now. How about keto? How about, um, intermittent fasting? How about paleo? And, and all, all of those things are, are fine. And I'm not, I would never throw any of those diets under the bus because there are a lot of people that I know who have had a lot of success with those kind of diets. But, um, I, I like to, again, I don't buy into a a single nutrition philosophy and and here's why it's because, um, you know, people are so diverse. So we all have different body types and body compositions. There's a lot of factors that come into play. That being one of them, um, we all have different budgets. So not all of us have the budget to be able to eat, um, organically. Um, it's expensive to eat healthy. Um, you know, we're all different ages. Um, we have different dietary restrictions, Um, so all of those things have to be taken into consideration. So maybe what works for me may not work for Claire or, you know, somebody else. So instead I like to kind of just think about some common sense things like, um, for example, eating whole foods. So staying away from those processed foods. So, so more, um, natural types of whole foods. Um, and then, you know, eating enough because I think sometimes there are um, we're guilty of e- either eating too much of the wrong thing or not enough of the right thing. So um, I like to use this is something that um, I was taught a couple years ago and I still use it to, to this day, the hand size portion um, strategy. So if you look at your hand, so if you open your hand and you look at your palm and this, this is for women, we're going to double this for men. But if you look at the palm of your hand, so my protein for each meal should sit in the palm of my hand. So that's going to be about 20 to 30 grams of protein. And when we talk about protein, we're talking about lean protein, like um, fish and lean red meats and chicken, or maybe uh, some sort of plant, plant plant-based protein. So that's going to fill up the palm of my hand, about 20 to 30 grams. If I make a fist, that's about a cup. So that's going to be the vegetables that I'm going to eat. All right. And then if I cup my hand, so if I take that same, you know, palm and I cup it, that's where my carbohydrates are going to sit. So those are complex carbohydrates, so healthy carbs, things like sweet potatoes and whole grains and um, beans. Um, And then if I look at my thumb, uh, if I hold up my thumb, that's how much fat I'm going to eat for each meal. So that's that's good healthy fat like our oils and our seeds and our avocados, things like that. So I like to think of that when I'm eating, um, and in that way I'm not – um, you know, my portions aren't out of control and I'm getting all the macronutrients that I need. And then, you know, there are other things like making sure that we get enough water every day. I think that most, most of us, myself included, I'm very guilty of this, where we're just under hydrated. Um, so unfortunately when we get dehydrated, it can manifest as hunger. It can, you know, mask itself as hunger. So, um, you know, we may be craving sugar, but actually what's happening is our bodies are just dehydrated. So if we drink some water, we'll notice that maybe those, those sugar cravings or those other types of cravings will subside. Um, I'm a big supporter of meal prep. So, um, you know, prepping your meals on the, on the weekends, even though it takes a little bit of extra time, it prevents us from grabbing something unhealthy when we come home from a busy day at work. Um, and then, you know, when when it's it's possible and you know financially feasible, we should try to eat organic as much as possible. Um, if you Google something called the Dirty Dozen, it will pull up a dozen different foods. They're they're mostly um, fruits and vegetables um, that we really should try to buy organically. And you'll find that it's because of the skin. So it's like a strawberry that has a thin skin or a blueberry, where those pesticides, when the when the fruit of the vegetables grown, can really permeate and get into that fruit um so those are the fruits that we really should try to buy organically there are other things the clean 15 it's called that can be bought can be purchased um, more conventionally Um, that's like avocados and bananas things with um thicker skin so those are just some things to keep in mind
0: yeah wow that was so many really good tips that i need to definitely start
1: applying oh actually i have one more that i forgot to share which i like this one sorry claire no go for it so Shopping the perimeter of the grocery store is another good thing. It's another good tip to uh, to think about. So if you if you can picture your supermarket that you shop at, if you walk in, think about what's on the perimeter of that grocery store. So for me, it's like produce, and then it's the meat section, and then it's the dairy section, and then I, we have the I have the grains on the other side. So if we shop. Um, if we, uh, if we ensure that the majority of our diet comes from, um, whole foods, we're going to stay on the perimeter of the grocery store. And uh, of of course we're going to sneak into those middle sections to get some things, but for the most part, we should be shopping around the perimeter. So,
0: yeah, I like that tip a lot. That keeps it, it gives us definitely a good visual of like, all right, like what types of food should we be looking
1: at? Right. And if we are doing the majority of the shopping in those center aisles, we're probably buying more of that processed food that we should be staying away from.
0: Okay. Huh. Oh my gosh. I have so many things I need to be writing down and I'm sure everyone else is also writing it down too. Um, no, that was super helpful. Oh my gosh. Um, I'm curious though. So you've always, I feel like you've kind of always been into a lot of the nutrition stuff, um, and exercise and whatever. Um, When your son Nick was diagnosed with diabetes, I know it's been a couple years now because he's about like 21-ish now. Yeah, almost 21.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: So what is that, like eight-ish years that he's had diabetes? Yes.
1: This Um, will be the eighth year in December. Yeah, it's crazy. crazy. Yeah.
0: Um, How did that like change your view on like nutrition and just like how the body works? Yeah, that's a
1: great question. So, if you don't if you don't mind, for about two minutes, I I think for your listeners, because I, I had very limited knowledge of what type type one diabetes um, was when Nick was diagnosed. So, if if it's okay, I'll just give a little crash course real yeah, quick absolutely. on type diabetes. So, yeah. So, when somebody's diagnosed with type one, um, the the pancreas, the organ, the pancreas, we've all heard of that organ. Um, it essentially dies. So the The job of the pancreas, when it's working correctly, is to release insulin. Um, Insulin's job is to take um, the food that we eat, so the carbohydrates that we put in our mouth, um, they turn to glucose. So the insulin, um, if you think of it as a key, so it's a key that unlocks the cell and allows the insulin that our pancreas secretes to let the glucose into the cell. And then the glucose's job, once it gets into the cell, is to provide us with energy. So that's why you notice that if you eat um, a high-carb meal um, the day before a workout, you'll have a really good workout because you have lots of glucose in there. So if you don't have any insulin, to un- to if you don't have those keys to unlock the cell to let the glucose in, the glucose is just left in the body, and that's where when we've heard the word high blood sugar, that's where that comes from because there's just a bunch of glucose circulating around in the blood and it spikes the the blood sugar. So when um, people are diagnosed with type one diabetes, it usually manifests kind of flu-like. Frequent urination and thirst um, happens and then they get sort of flu-like and then they go into the hospital because the flu never gets better. And their blood sugar is really, really high. And luckily, if you catch it early, then um, you know it's not more serious. So, um, so suddenly you have a non-working pancreas that doesn't secrete insulin. But you have to have insulin to live, obviously, because once that blood sugar gets so high, you can go into something called um, a diabetic coma. So, so you you're diagnosed. You go into the hospital, and and the um, The learning curve is really steep and immediate um, because your life depends on your ability to understand these concepts, how to put the correct amount of synthetic insulin. So it's coming from the outside, either in a shot or through a pump, which Nick has. So you have to know how to put the correct amount of insulin in your body to break down um, all of that glucose. And it's not just like, unfortunately, taking a pill and that one pill is going to cover everything. So um, it's a delicate balance between knowing how many carbohydrates are in a food and how much insulin to give yourself. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So we joke um, when Nick was diagnosed, it's almost like you have to be a mathematician to figure everything out. It is a formula, it's a, it's a complicated formula that you use. Um, so to to answer, to get back to to answering your question, you suddenly are thrown into, um, learning a lot about nutrition and about foods, primarily carbohydrates. Um, so there are different types of carbohydrates. So if you eat an apple an apple has carbohydrates, if you eat a pop tart, a pop tart has carbohydrates, but they both have very different glycemic indexes. So if you eat a pop tart, it's going to spike your blood sugar very quickly. So, you know, you've noticed that when you eat something sweet, like you get, you know, kind of hyper. after. Um, Whereas if you eat an apple, um, you know, the glycemic index, it's a natural sugar so it doesn't spike the blood sugar as much. So we we learned quickly what foods were high glycemic and what, what weren't. And so we, we did notice that we changed our diet, um, to, you know, immediately we came home and eliminated a lot of the junk foods that would it didn't mean that, I mean, it couldn't eat them. He, he absolutely could. He just, it's harder to cut those types of foods, um, for some reason, still today, he can't eat Pop-Tarts. It's just, it's the refined sugar. doesn't matter how much he gives, how much insulin he gives himself, um, he still ends up with high blood sugar after he eats the Pop-Tarts. So, so, yeah, you do learn... Um, you know, you look, now I look at foods and I know what's, what's high glycemic. I know what's not. He lives by himself now, but when he was at home, that's how I would shop. Like, oh, I'm not going to buy that because that's going to spike his blood sugar. So, so yeah, yeah, you definitely, we've definitely become healthier as a family since Nick was diagnosed.
0: Yeah. And it's like, how do you, when he was, he was 13, when he got diagnosed, how do you teach a teenage boy, like the mathematician part of that and the like, Hey, like you really need to watch what you're eating. Like, how was that?
1: Like, yeah,
0: you learning at the same time and trying to teach him.
1: Yeah, you know, I say um, that if there is a perfect time to be diagnosed with diabetes, it was. It's probably around the age that Nick was diagnosed um, because he was old enough to um, kind of grasp the whole. Um, concept of treatment. And so right away he was giving, you know, giving himself his own shots and doing the calculations. But then the flip side of that is he's still a teenager and, you know, it's 13 and the sleepovers are just starting. And so there were several years of uh, lots of parental, uh, just, you know, worry. Um, but you know, I, I have to say that he is, he has he has really done well and he's very responsible. Um, so yeah, it's kind of finding the balance between still letting him be a teenager. You know, we didn't want to take all the food away from him because again, it's unlike type two diabetes where it's controlled with diet and exercise type one, there's just no insulin. So it doesn't really matter what you eat. Um, you can cover it. It's just better for you if you're not eating all the junk. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, it was about about finding that balance, but I, I think we did fairly we did fairly well. I mean, the first year is definitely the hardest, but we got through it. Wow,
0: yeah, that's amazing, and how you guys have been continued to advocate for that over the years. You guys have done so much work, as you have said. So that's so exciting.
1: Thank you. Well, I think you know, from a nutritional standpoint, definitely. Um, you know, we we change things, but I think you know there are so many there are so many blessings that have um, have come from Nick's diagnosis, and I think it's just made us uh, more it's made us stronger as a family and um, more appreciative of just everything. And you know, we are uh, we talk talk to each other all the time about how thankful we are I know Nick says this a lot that even on the bad days he has to remind himself that this is a manageable and treatable disease and he has such empathy we all do for uh, those families who have children that are diagnosed with um, diseases or illnesses that are so much more serious than diabetes so yeah lots of lots of good things have come from this
0: that's a wonderful way to see it for sure. Yeah, no, because you can he knows how to manage it and he knows how to get through it, and that's yeah, you have to look at that as a blessing. For sure. Yeah, definitely. definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I wanna switch gears and talk about self-defense because yes. that mm-hmm. was something um when I was thinking about having you on, I was like, Oh my gosh, Jenny had such an impact on me getting prepared for college because you had taught self-defense to me and both my sisters before we got off to college and got us prepared. And I realized I never really asked you how
1: you ended up getting into that. Yeah. Good question. So, um, yeah, it's kind of a, kind of a funny story. I, I was I certainly wasn't looking for it. It just kind of is one of those things that, just was put in my path and uh talk about blessings. It's been another blessing. Um so I think Nick was maybe a year old and I was looking for something just to kind of get back in shape and start working out again and, and get the extra baby weight off. And I found this we were living in another part of Dublin and I found this martial arts studio that was close to my house. And they were offering cardio kickboxing. This was back in the late '90s when cardio kickboxing was was just getting popular. And I thought, well, okay, that sounds fun. You know, it's something kind of different. I'll go do that. So I went and did it, and really fell in love with it. So I was there like three or four times, Mark would come home from work and I would just get, I would bust out the door and I was there doing these classes three or four times a week. And so did them for a few months and finally was approached by one of the owners of the martial arts school. And he said, you know, you're here a lot. If you ever consider, would you ever consider teaching, getting certified in teaching cardio kickboxing? So, you know, I kind of, I, I just said, well, I don't think so right now I'm, I'm a busy, you know, mom. And and then he kind of was very persistent. So I don't know, maybe six to nine months, I was suddenly teaching cardio kickboxing. I got certified and I was teaching it and it was great, super fun. And while, while we were, while I was teaching cardio kickboxing, um, we were having another class that was going on at the same time called Krav Maga. So Krav Maga is an Israeli self-defense and it was not popular at the time at all. In fact, we were the first, first gym in the Midwest, um, to, to open. So it was popular. Um, it had just come to the States. It was popular and on the West coast, but we had brought it to our gym. Our owners brought it to our gym. And so I kind of eyeballed the classes a little bit and thought, wow, you know, that looks really fun. I I took some of the classes, Uh, but I was a busy mom and I was, you know, teaching cardio kickboxing. Well, then, um, suddenly this gym closed, um, the owners parted ways and the gym, um, just very suddenly closed. And there were about four of us, um, uh, instructors at the time that, I mean, we were just crushed because we loved this place. So the doors closed and we just looked at each other and said, well, we can do this. Let's just start our own gym. So fast forward, um, this was 2004, I believe, um, we started our own gym. So we brought cardio kickboxing, um, uh, uh, in, we brought a Krav Maga and then eventually we added a a CrossFit program. So that's kind of how I started teaching Krav Maga. So we, we brought it into the gym. Now it was my gym. So I thought I need to learn how to teach this. So I went out to, um, California and went through the certification and started teaching it in 2006, I believe. So that's kind of how I got into it. Yeah. And it's just been, uh, it's been amazing. I mean, it's, I think, um, Krav Maga and, and owning, a, owning my own gym is responsible for a lot of my personal growth. Um, you know, self defense. It's allowed me to develop um, my own self confidence. Not just not not only in my ability to defend myself, but also um, I think I attribute my passion to public speaking, um, to teaching self defense, and I think you know the self confidence that I've gained has, has really, um, carried over into all, all aspects of my life. So it's been, it's been amazing for me.
0: Oh, that's super cool. Yeah. I've, I've never, I, I hadn't heard that story before. So I'm yeah, gonna, that's, that's, that's a the story. story. Yeah. That's the story. And so you guys no longer have the gym now. Correct.
1: Right? Yeah. So right. We, um, uh, it was, we had it for about 11 years and absolutely loved it, but, um, just kind of got to the point where, um, we were going different directions. Um, the three of us were going different directions in our lives. And, um, so yeah, so we ended up selling off pieces of the gym. Um, so our Krav Maga program continues. Um, uh, one of our instructors, Casey, that we had on board, um, took our Krav Maga program and now teaches that in Grandview. And then our CrossFit program continued. It's, um, triple Force CrossFit, um, and then our kickboxing program continued, and that's called Sebus Kickboxing. So yeah, we were we were really really happy that we the um, the programs were able to carry on, and so our members had a place to go. Yeah, yeah
0: that's super awesome. So it's it was like you guys didn't and your clients didn't end up the way you guys right. had of like oh I don't have a place to go. Exactly. Uh, that's cool. You guys got to continue that. So yes. you guys are still teaching and um you're doing all of those classes that my sisters and I took of yes hey let's get ready for college being out on your own
1: yes yeah so it's um it's nice because we don't unfortunately don't have a brick and mortar location although we do teach at Casey's gym a lot if um that's where we do most of our women's self-defense seminars but Um, But we, we go out into the, you know, into the public, we do um, uh, corporate self-defense, we've, we've worked with Girl Scout troops, we've worked with church groups. So yeah, we do it all. Yeah. So I'm still able to keep my hands in it, because it's still such a passion of mine. So it's fine.
0: Yeah. And how much would you like stress to a normal person, girl guy or whatever, of the importance of taking even like one self-defense class?
1: Yeah, totally. I mean, if you can do it, absolutely do it. And I mean, you know, you're you're probably a great testament to that because, you know, you took the class and I've had other um females say, "Oh, you know, I took your class 4 years ago or 5 years ago or uh, and, and, you know, I still remember things that you told me and I'm still, you know, using the skills that you gave me. So, so absolutely. I mean, a three hour course is, is going to give you something. You're going to walk out with some, you know, invaluable skill of self-protection. Um and, and you know it's something that no one can ever take away from you once you have it you know you always have that with you and um unfortunately we live in very dangerous times um you know we look at what happened here just a, a few days ago more and more we see that violent crimes are taking place and um so you know self-defense gives you not only this invaluable these invaluable physical skills um but you know it teaches you awareness and confidence and and empowers and, and you and i think um that gives us kind of a sense of peace and safety in our everyday lives and and that can that empowerment and that um confidence can spill over in in all areas of your life. So, yes, I absolutely think self-defense is is, is great and if you have the opportunity to, to to even take a you know one-time class, do it. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I remember uh like you were saying with people remembering stuff from 4 or 5 years ago. Like I I remember even the simple things of your are like you're walking in the mall parking lot like don't be on your phone have your keys in your hand yeah. like, look like you're aware and you're walking with purpose and
1: yes even yes.
0: small little things
1: yeah actually um i had um i had someone call me um a couple of months ago and um, she was with her child in the grocery store and she was being followed by somebody and um, so you know she, she implemented some of the strategies that we teach you know she made eye contact with the guy um, and you know she almost left the grocery store and got in her car but you know as she was walking out she said that something in her gut she listened to her gut and, you know you probably remember from our seminars that we talk a lot about that gut instinct she said she just knew something wasn't right so she went back and got the manager and um come to find out um other women had reported him so he had been in the grocery store before and that had not been the first time that he had been doing that so so I I, yeah I was very proud of her for listening to her gut and um doing what she needed to do to keep herself and her baby safe
0: absolutely wow yeah that's that's scary stuff and like yeah yeah and I and I remember like when you would teach like you would give us scenarios of your like oh, like this could happen to you or whatever. And you're like, what? Like, that's, that's a thing. Yeah. Like, that's scary stuff. But like, yeah, you guys did a great job of going through the different situations, the different scenarios and just like, yeah, you know, the little easy things to think about. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I think, I, I think, think the, the one, the, the one, one thing, thing that I can, can tell people one. is just, um, you know, awareness, um, just being aware, being aware of your surroundings. And like you said, you know, remembering that when you're walking to your car to, to be aware to, to, you know, um, put your phone down and, you know, make sure that head is on a swivel. So you're, you know, you're constantly turning around and, and, um, you know, we're so busy um, now, nowadays, and we're just glued to our phones all the time. But, you know, unfortunately, that can make us a target. So put that phone down just for that couple minutes, you know, and just, just, you know, prepare yourself if something happens, you know, um, what would I do right now if somebody jumped out of behind a car and grabbed me? Um, so just just thinking about those kind of things can make us less likely of being a victim.
0: Mm-hmm. No, that's so important to keep in mind. And I think a lot of people will. Take this and think about that as they are probably listening to this in their car, and as they get out of their car. So
1: yeah, good. That's good. A, that's that's good. We've done our jobs.
0: Yes, <laughs> very much so. So you've been, you've done all these things. You've been doing all these things. What's What's the next thing on the list? I know <laughs> you're gonna end up being an empty nest, which I'm sure yeah. you don't like hearing and not being reminded of, but. <laughs>
1: yeah you know actually I yeah I mean it's bittersweet right um mm-hmm. i'm I'm there's parts of me that are looking forward to it and then i I just I love being a mom it's my favorite job so um so yeah it's a, I get a little sad when I think about it, but you know i i I haven't really thought about the future so much, you know, I just um I mean, I have so many things on my plate right now and I can't imagine. Um, I can't imagine not being um, not doing the philanthropy stuff. So um, I love volunteering. I love raising money for good causes. So, um, you know, diabetes will always be there. Um, So uh, I can see myself always having an active role in that, maybe even getting a little bit more active when I have more time. and then, you know, my my passion for nutrition, um, I, I think I, will, I will always do something with that. Um, I just finished the, the level one course, but there's a level two course and there's a level three course. So, um, you know, maybe that's something that I'll pursue as well. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't. Um, I'm not a sitter. I don't like to sit around. I always like to have a goal. So, you know, I'll be doing something for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So today I went to the mailbox and um, I, I saw something about, um, A a local school district is in need of uh, substitute teachers, so. Oh my gosh, add that to the list. For a nanosecond, that crossed my mind. Oh, that (laughs) that might be kind of fun. I'll be a substitute teacher, so I'm certain I'll find something to fill my time.
0: (laughs) It'll totally be it'll totally be something that you're not expecting, kind of like the self defense thing. If you're like, that was not in in the plan. I didn't look for that, like. Right. It'll That's come normally how it works. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I, love that. I can't wait to see what you end up doing next. It'll be something super surprising. Thank you,
1: Thank you cool. Claire. Well, same, yeah, same for you. Same for you. I can't wait to, I mean, it's fun to sit back and watch you fly.
0: Thank you. Yeah. It's been, it's been so fun to be able to all experience it and have the triumphs and tribulations together. Yeah. So, yeah. Fun. So my question I ask every guest on my show it mm-hmm. is, what are you most proud of, of how you put your best foot forward in your
1: life? Yeah, gosh, I wish I could narrow it down to one single thing, but I, I don't think I can. Um, I think that it's knowing that um, by sharing my passions in life, um, I'm helping people and, you know, whether that's the person that will send me a private message and say, hey, the nutrition tip that you posted on Facebook today really helps me, or the motivational meme that you posted on Facebook is exactly what I needed to hear today. Um, uh, or, you know, you constantly talking about meal prepping, I finally started meal prepping, and it's really helped me to become healthier. Um You know, through my dental outreach, I think it's sharing my passion for public speaking and then, you know, combining that with my desire to increase uh, awareness for good oral health uh, and knowing that I can make an impact on just maybe one child's life is uh, extremely, you know, satisfying and rewarding for me. And then, you know, uh, talking about self-defense, I think empowering people Through self-defense and giving them the skills and the knowledge and the self-confidence to defend themselves has given me uh, a sense of pride um, and satisfaction. And then, of course, you know, raising money for good causes, especially one that's really near and dear to my heart. Mm -hmm. So I think it's all of those things that really drive me to continue to make a difference, um, regardless of how small that difference may be.
0: I love that. Yeah. You should be proud of all the things you've done. You've done. Thank
1: you. It's
0: so fun. And. Thank you so much for doing this. This is You're I welcome. Get so much out of it. Thank you so much for listening, guys. If you want to follow Jenny's nutrition tips on Facebook or Instagram, I'll put those in the show notes. And please make sure to follow me on Instagram at Hey, It's Claire Edwards. And I'd love to interact with you there. Also hit subscribe so that you don't miss any new episodes that are coming up. Thank you again and I'll see you guys next week.